Hello, and welcome to the Chronicle of Higher Education's ReLearning Podcast, a weekly look at the future of education. I'm Jeff Young, an editor here. I've been curious about just how Tyler Cowen went from a blogger to running a homegrown university. For years, he and a colleague have run a popular economics blog called Marginal Revolution. A couple of years ago, Mr. Cowen looked around at the rise of online lectures and MOOCs and decided that the next logical step from blogging was to start his own university. So he and his colleague did it. It's called Marginal Revolution University, and it's a rapidly growing collection of free online courses. There's no campus, of course, for this university, and it doesn't grant degrees. It's all just a website. So it's, it's not a real university, right? Very quickly, what's a university and what is not? Those distinctions are crumbling. So uh, if we're not a university, maybe no one else will be either. Maybe this is a natural path that others will follow. After all, blogs changed the way people thought about who gets to be a published author. Maybe homemade online courses will change how people think about who gets to teach, or at least bring a more informal tone to teaching. This week, we'll get the story of this blogger-turned-online teacher based on two interviews I did with Tyler Cowen, one in late 2013, right after he started Marginal Revolution University, and a more recent conversation I had with him at an education conference. You might notice a slight difference in the sound quality of the two interviews. We'll have more from those conversations right after this. Don't miss the latest stories and analysis about the future of education from the ReLearning Project. Sign up for the weekly newsletter at chronicle.com relearning. Tyler Cowan still works as a professor at a traditional university, at George Mason University, just outside Washington, D.C. Marginal Revolution University is a side project, like his blog has always been. He co-founded both with Alex Tabarrok, another econ professor at George Mason. We thought it was the natural extension from blogging. We were very much inspired by Salman Khan's Khan Academy, which started with math, and we thought, hey, someone can do this with economics. And then we thought that should be us. But our audience, a lot of it is educated professionals. It started off as people who read our blog. It's now spread. Uh, And they're sort of doing it for fun. They're not trying to get credit or... There is no credit. (laughs) Right, I understand. We'll send you an email saying, thank you for using Marginal Revolution University. That's your credit. Sure. We think when it's a truly comprehensive library, like, here's what economists know. One site, one stop shopping, but at price equals zero. Uh, We think that's an appealing product. It sounds like you're coming to it with a lot of the same kind of feeling you had about blogging rather than about starting a university. Very quickly, what's a university and what is not? Those distinctions are crumbling. So uh, if we're not a university, maybe no one else will be either. There's a lot of content on the web, a lot of it's free. That will be increasingly important. I think it's already the case on a given day, more people read economics blogs than are taking in principles of economics class in the United States. Hmm. So why aren't the blogs already a kind of university? They've sort of won that competitive battle in some way, and the people who read the blogs want to read them. A lot of people in principles class, they're not paying attention, they don't want to learn, they feel they have to. So blogs are in some ways doing a better job of educating. Cowan got an early start in his career in economics. While many kids dream of becoming an astronaut or a firefighter, he was drawn in by economics even as a teenager. At age 13, 14, I was reading a lot studying Adam Smith, wanted to be an economist. How did you, how did you get that at 13 or 14? How did you come to that? First, I was a chess player. <laughs> okay. That was great. That was great fun. But I realized pretty early on I wasn't going to do it for a living Sure. for a number of obvious reasons. And then there was economics, which was more interesting, uh, very practical. Of course, it's become my living. And I switched from chess to economics. But it didn't 
actually feel that different in a way. They're both about problem solving. They're huh. about analysis. Huh. So you're you're assessing moves several ahead and seeing where things are, are going, I guess. Always trying to look ahead more deeply than other people analyzing the same problem. It's very good training, I think, chess huh. for economics. And Ken Rogoff is also originally a chess player and now a, an economist. Do He's you very well known. Do you still play uh, chess at all? Never. You know, you either have to do it all the way or not at all. <laughs> but I follow on the internet if there's a world championship match. Sure. You no, know, I follow Magnus Carlsen, so I'm, I'm in touch with the game, but I don't play. He predicts that we'll see more homespun universities and online courses, many of them by folks outside of the traditional academy. So does he worry about some of that material being wrong or, or just misleading? Well, it's relatively low on my list of worries. My main worry is people who don't engage at all. Mm. And I think most people by now know if it's on the internet, you need to be, if not skeptical, at least realize, look, <laughs> there is another side to the story. Mm-hmm. And most people get that. Mm-hmm. And if they hear economists saying things I don't agree with, I mean, that's it's part of what economics is. So having come at this through blogging, I've already lived with that. But people have learned economics is about a debate. And in fact, we have a new class of video. The first one just went up an hour ago. Alex and I debate education. How much is it signaling, and how much is it you actually learn? Wow. So to like te- university education yeah, in particular? Yeah. To teach topics as a debate is an underexplored method, and we're going to do more of this. Hmm. So look at that video. It's just Alex and I. We talk to each other. We sort of call each other names a bit in good humor. And the idea that people maybe learn better through conflict. Hmm. Like what's, you know, you get some dry presentation. You sort of vaguely nod. But you never know, like, what's really at stake here. And if you don't know what's at stake or why someone might disagree, maybe you don't understand it. Hmm. So to try to teach this way, we'll see how they're received. But it's one of the things we have coming next. So what advice would you give to professors who want to try doing this teaching um, now that you've done it for a little while, but making video lectures? I mean, my advice is don't do it. But <laughs> well, why is that? It's hard. <laughs> That's okay, my advice. If they're determined to do it. If they're determined to do it. Uh, preferably be single. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the time comes in just revision and, and, and create it. Just what, where does the time end up going? Preparation can take a lot of time. Depends on the topic. If you're doing one on exactly what you've been working on, yeah. prep time might be zero. So for a single video, that can be true. But if you're doing dozens or hundreds, that can't be true. And the prep time is... Uh, extreme Mm. okay so and then recuts and did i get that right and worry and then the pain of having to listen to yourself view yourself don't do it (laughs) (laughs) but i thought you said you imagined a world in which a lot of these video libraries have popped up uh, in education people don't take my advice on many things (laughs) (laughs) okay great he started off his online university very low tech making lecture videos on his couch at home using an ipad essentially layering his voice over PowerPoints. Today, Marginal Revolution University has a small staff and it has much higher production values. I asked Cowan what has surprised him most as his effort has evolved. Well, I wouldn't quite call it a surprise, but I've been consistently impressed over the last 10 years, more than 10 years. If you make consistently smart content on the internet, whatever form, there is an audience there. You know, whether it's MOOCs or blogs or whatever, YouTube, 
there really are people just hungry for, for stuff. And how far you can push them is, is really impressive. They don't have to get every bit of it to take away a lot. And for you to give like your heart and souls, like here's what I think is important version of the topic, is better than to like, oh, are they going to understand this term? Or can I say elasticity? Or do they know this? I think that's it's a little bit of poison when you think too much that way. I'm not saying like overwhelm them with words they don't know, but if you believe in the material, I think a lot of them are going to get it. Hmm. It's like one thing I've, I've really learned. Do you think they go and look somewhere else to look it up, too, if they don't know it? Yeah, I mean, of course. And they, they really don't like lack of authenticity. Like, it, it has to be something you believe. They can disagree or hear a debate, mm-hmm. but if it's, like, too canned, I don't know. I don't think that's what works hmm. in this medium. Just like there are these YouTube stars. They have like, my goodness, how many followers and so many on Instagram. And it's like, I've never heard of these people. Like, and what do they even do? Like gardening or flower designer. But they're awesome. Like they're doing, they're communicating their vision of whatever fashion. I don't even know what. And they're really doing it. And you see this in so many different areas. A lot of textbooks lack this. I think it's becoming a problem. A lot of texts are very glossed over and homogenized and the upcoming generation it's not what they relate to so that's the problem with uh, some of the it's not the problem i'd say it's a problem i see people want texts to be more personal yeah we try to do that in our text as well right uh it's harder in any case in a text than on youtube and i think of it in terms of facebook like anything you produce like could someone encounter this on Facebook and it feel like something that would be on Facebook. Huh. It's sort of the authenticity standard. Huh. And a lot of higher ed falls short of that. I don't blame anyone. Facebook's new and it's time to adjust, but we all need to, you know, adapt a bit. Don't take yourself too seriously when delivering? I don't think it's that. I think that's fine to take yourself seriously if you mean it. It's fine to joke around if you mean it. Just like in your Facebook feed, there's serious stuff, there's funny stuff. Sure. People get that. And I think but we're going to see, bi- we're already seeing, but we're going to see big shifts in that direction. So maybe the biggest impact of upstarts like Marginal Revolution University will be that traditional colleges will feel more like, well, like blogging. Maybe the line between the formality of college education and the, the informal materials found online throughout one's life will blur. And maybe those distinctions will just matter less and less. Authority may sound less like a lecture from a podium and more like a Facebook post. This has been the Relearning Podcast. We're still new at this format, so we welcome your feedback. If you like this and want us to continue the show, please review us on iTunes. Apparently those reviews can really make a difference in how many people find the show. You can also follow us on Twitter, at relearningedu, or like us on Facebook. Today's show was produced by me, Jeff Young, and I'm on Twitter at J.R. Young. Our theme music was by Jason Cadell. We'll be back next week with more stories and analysis about the new learning landscape.